Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. everybody this is Sandra Beck and I have the greatest show for you today and one of my favorite people in the universe is on her name is Dr. Lori Shemek and she is the author of a book Fat Flammation and we've done a number of shows together and she is one of the people that I credit responsible in my life for helping me really get healthy um, I read her book I interviewed her I followed her plan um, I've kept the 20 pounds off now for gosh at least four years she has helped me kick my diet coke habit which was really hard you guys know every day 4 30 i was doing my diet coke and more importantly some of the advice she gave me allowed me to change the nutrition for my now 85 year old father who lives with me and we have pretty much cleared up most of his irritable bowel and his blood sugar is normal and for 85 right now he's out weeding by the pool and having the time of his life so there's nothing better than radiant health there's no better gift and so I'm going to share the gift of Dr. Lori Shemek with you today because she has been a big part of my health journey. Lori welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Sandra. It's so wonderful to be back here with you. I've missed you. <laughs> I know. I know so much <gasps> happened. Um, I know. You've been busy, show. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I have been busy. I did turn 50, so that was kind of... Congratulations. Well, yeah, I don't know if it was... You have a long way to go to catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there, but the one thing yeah. I did... Lori, you know, as you helped me on this journey get healthier, I got fitter and stronger. And, you know, as I liked what I saw in the mirror more and as I felt better, I opened myself up to some new challenges. And I actually got spin certified at 50 and I teach three classes a week. And the people who attend my classes range in age from like 15 to 81. Yeah. That is incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. At 50. Yeah. I'm serious. That is fantastic. You it are just, a go-getter. Well, you know, one of the things I learned from you, you know, I read your book and I, I think about your mom and I'd love you to share your story about how you got started because we met right when my mom was dying of breast cancer and she had died and a lot of my grief was attached to my nutrition. I mean, I ate to feel better. I ate mm -hmm. junk from my childhood because it brought back memories, even though it wasn't helping me feel better. And when I came across your book and came across your programs and, you know, started following you on Facebook and watching and listening, um, you helped me transition. And it wasn't fast. It took me years to transition. I wasn't one of those like you know, midnight wonders, mm -hmm. but I'd love for you to share your story about how you became who you are today. I'd love to. Thank you. Um, yes. You know, when I was raised by a single mother and uh, she happened to be divorced, a single mother with, who had three young children, right? And I was the oldest. So she was divorced. Um, she was estranged from her family. She was very overweight, verging on obese. She had a horrible diet. And uh, even though I was young, I remember thinking that she had a bad diet. You know, I knew her diet was bad. She always had coffee and coffee cake for breakfast, and I could go on. But she smoked a pack and a half, a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. She... Um, had a constant stream of different health conditions and it was really sad. I mean, she's a, a lovely woman. Um, I remember walking into her room when I was uh, a little girl and seeing her suffering there laying in the dark. And, but I knew intuitively that she could make different choices and I don't know why I knew that. I just knew that she could, she could do better. But the, the problem is, is that people, um, when they're in such a state, they don't realize that they do have choices. 
And so uh, life went on. She was trying to raise the three of us and um, she wasn't available. So it was pretty much me taking care of my two younger brothers. Um, and when she was a bit, when she was feeling better, she was not home. So, you know, my youngest brother, Lance, always jokes about how he hates eggs now because that's all I ever made for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and so he blames it on me. Um, but that was pretty, you know, we were pretty much on our own. She really, uh, when she was there, she was a very good mother. And, you know, she was uh, just, she was raised well. But the problem is, is that when you have uh, dysfunction within families, it, it goes down the line, as we all know. And uh, so she didn't have any contact with her family until uh, she was dying. And um, it was really, really sad that she died. She died at the age of 36. She <sighs> left behind three young children with nowhere to go. And um, we just, you know, my youngest brother went with a friend of the family's daughter. And I went with my grandparents in Texas and my other brother went to live with my father who they had to search for. And they found him and he decided to take my brother Mark. So we never lived together again, and but we're still close to this yeah. day. And so I, the whole point in doing this, there are two points. One is that my mother really motivated me and inspired me to go out there and help other people really uh, let them know they have choices in life. We really, really have choice to make. And it doesn't have to be southward as my mother's were, you know, she kept uh, her health just dwindled. And with that, so did her choices, her quality of choices. And the other is that, um, you know, our actions whether we realize it or not, have a domino effect in this world. And that, uh, you know, just her making the choices that she made, not knowingly, but making those choices created a different life for the three of us, right? Yeah. And so it's, we, we sometimes don't realize how important it is, the decisions that we make every day. Just even the small decisions, and that actually translates well into health choices. So even the smallest, tiniest little health, healthier choice upgrade in your health uh, has a huge, powerful difference. Lori, I'm a big fan of reading. I love to read. I love to listen to books. And, you know, what would it look like if we all listened more? Listening to an audio book inspires us, motivates us, and it even can bring us closer. And there's no better place to listen than Audible. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And now Audible members get more than ever before. Each month, they get three titles of their choice, one audiobook, two Audible originals, and a fitness program that they can't get anywhere else. And today, God we're talking about fat flammation. We're talking about inflammation and health and fitness. So how great is that? And there's never been a better time to experience Audible. You can try it free for 30 days by visiting audible.com slash motherhood or by texting motherhood to 500-500 and listen for a change. Again, that's go to audible.com slash motherhood or text motherhood to 500-500 and listen for a change. I know. Isn't that great? I mean, it's just such a great, a great offer from Audible. I used to do all this extreme stuff and you told me just start making small changes, you know, cause at that point, you know, I was going through court. I had, you know, my mom's health on my hands. I mean, there was just so much going on and I was so overwhelmed and you're like, just try little changes. And I, I did. And they were, some of them were so tiny, Lori, but now like, I can't even believe I had to make the decision to make these choices, you know, like, but that's you know. a great example um, yeah. of people when you're in a, you, the mindset of overwhelm, for example, what, you know, just even the, the tiniest change uh, can be frustrating and overwhelming. But once you make it, you know, it's like, uh, you know, creating a new habit, you begin to, for, I have people put their shoes by the door. So they just see the, the running shoes, for example, right? So yep. they just see them. And this begins to create a, uh, a trigger, if you will, 
uh, to an awareness of habit creation of what you would ideally in the end like to be doing. So, yeah, I mean, you were just, you, but you did it. And and all of that yeah, little little steps I remember I had I put my sun hat in my car like I have this adidas visor because I you know I'm I live in Southern California the sun's really bright and sometimes I'm like well I could take a walk or I could sit in my car and my favorite favorite dr. Lori tip was both of my mm -hmm. boys were in soccer and you said well how about if during their soccer practice instead of sitting in the chair what if you walked around the field I walked around the baseball field. I walked around the soccer field. When they're playing volleyball, I walk around Yay. the volleyball. You rock. <laughs> These little things. But, you know, that it was, you said it was a choice, but I didn't even know I had a choice because all the other moms would come in, sit by the field, unfold their chairs, take out their snacks, talk and eat. And I remember telling you this story and you said, how about just once? Like you can still talk and eat, talk to everybody and have that social time, but just walk around the field once. And now everybody knows me as the lady who walks at soccer, the lady who walks at baseball, because you, know, you can walk around that whole big baseball field and still watch the game. And you're upgrading your health, you're optimizing your health, because we humans aren't meant to sit for long periods of time, and especially we're not meant to sit and eat, right, for long periods. I mean, we have access to food 24-7, wherever we want. And, uh, but that's a whole other story. But yes, I mean, that is, see, that. That choice that you made to get up and move is crucial. And I, you know, uh, with my very obese uh, clients that can't move well, that can't even walk, you know, I just have them lift their leg one foot, just lift up. And eventually, by the end of the week, they can lift that leg or both legs up seven times without any effort at all. So that's being morbidly obese, of course. But you see what I'm saying um, is that uh, you you gain strength, you it becomes second nature almost once you establish a routine and a habit like you did walking around the field. Well, and what a difference it made, you know, as I did this, I mean, baseball season, I remember starting it during soccer and soccer is about 12 weeks long. And between my kids' practices and games, I would say I probably walked. I didn't have a Fitbit or anything at the time, you know, but I would walk a good hour, hour and a half a day, five, six days a week. And it kind of became automatic. And then in baseball, I had to walk like up and down like these little hills over in the corner in the back. And, you know, um, the weirdest thing happened when I started the summer. In the summertime, I have to clean my pool. I have to, you know, move a lot of stuff around, sweep the deck, uh, you know, all this, this stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is so easy now. Like there wasn't any major. Don't you love that when that happens? <laughs> I know. It's. It's wonderful. Yeah, the little surprises, little gifts. Yeah, I could sweep, I could scoop, I could run my laundry up and down the stairs so much easier. And um, I didn't realize how my ill health and weak body was making my life phenomenally difficult. Right, right. That's That's the other thing, too, is that we get used to being um, mediocre, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I mean it in, in not in a judgment call at all, just in that, you know, we, our body is so capable of adapting to most any situation. And when you've lived with less than optimal health, you get used to it. And this is like your, your normal, right? Right. But once you, you really do optimize your health, then you, you can really see a difference, feel a difference. Huge. Yeah. And the other thing that's super fun, Lori, is you can wear tank tops. Like, <laughs> you know, like when I was yeah. heavier and I didn't like my body as much and, you know, I don't think I've changed that much. I mean, 20 pounds is a lot, but I'm 5'8". So, you know, it's not like I lost a hundred pounds or, you know, what these great, you know, people do. But for me, I can slip on a top. I can throw on my workout clothes. I can throw on a pair of jeans and, those things make life so much easier for me. I recently did a handbell concert with my son. They had a parents and kids learn the song. And they said, you need to wear a black dress. You need to have this and that, whatever. Well, I got ran out of time and I had to run through my closet and I found like this 
black skirt in the back and this black top. And I'm like, oh, please let it fit. Please let it fit. Lori, I popped it on, was out the door in five minutes. Now the old sand would have agonized trying to find something to fit, try to cover, hide, stuff myself in pantyhose and spanks. And it just makes your life so much easier. That's the one thing that I wish I had understood more was how much easier my life could have been. That's exactly, that's really the key. Uh, We need to underscore that because it's easier, not just physically, but emotionally, everything is easier. It's easier. Your cells have it easier. All the millions of cells that you have in your body are having an easier time. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But when you feed your body full of junk, refined food, processed foods, um, you get cells that don't know what to do with this food. So they scramble around and the energy is, they store the, the energy from a lot of these foods as fat because they don't know what else to do with it. And, um, and of course we have our gut health. We have to think about how those types of foods, for example, impact our gut health and how that's, uh, the gut brain access, how the brain is affected, um, with the, the food choices that you make that affect your gut, right? So I just came back from the world, um, microbiotic, uh, uh, conference in Miami, just the day before yesterday, and they had the top health researchers in the world there uh, presenting their new research. And it was very clear amongst all of them that there was a component, uh, every aspect, every area of the body is affected by your gut health. So you think about not just your cells being resistant to these kinds of foods, or even a lack of movement, for example. Movement does affect your gut health. Being outside affects your gut health. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really, so what you said is very important. Well, because everybody talks about how hard health changes are, how hard it is mm-hmm. to stick to the diet, how hard, you know, and I, when people will talk to me, they're like, wow, you know, you look terrific. You know, how did you do it? Was it really hard? And I'm like, I just kept focusing on each day how much better I felt. Like I didn't oh, go I love that. hard because, you know, if you think it's going to be hard, of course it's going to be hard. You know, nobody well, walks into something thinking it's hard and having a great experience. Right. And again, so you've been, you have been doing it for a long time, right? You've Five been years, slowly yeah. getting rid of the junk, the, the toxins out of your body. And, um, but there are people where their, their, uh, body is wired for this stuff. And so, uh, their brains are just craving, you know, they may have leptin resistance, they may, um, have insulin resistance. And so their, their blood sugar's all over the place. So that's where, why they're saying to you, was it hard? Because they know that when they stop eating a certain way, that, uh, it, it can be challenging, sure. but the, there's a way to do it like you did, which was slowly. And if you, you know, for example, if you, uh, and we can talk about it later if you want intermittent fasting or the ketogenic diet, if you jump into either one of those, when you've been glucose dependent, meaning dependent upon carbohydrates, mostly in your diet, it will be challenging. It's going to be tough. Well, I did those um, things in the beginning. You know, I, I, I did the keto diet for like 19 days and then I fell off the wagon and then I, you know, I did all these extreme things. And I think that was the one thing that then I started feeling like this big failure. And when I read your book and I talked to you about this, like these gradual changes, um, I had to really sit down with myself and say, look, it took you, you know, 45 years to get to this state of health. So why would you think in, you know, 30 days, you're going to change it all around? And I know some people could do that. I couldn't do that. I was insulin resistant and my doctor did want to put me on like metformin and some of these other things. And my friend Christy, she did one of the shows with us. Her doctor put her on all these medicines because of her weight. And I just, Lori, I just had to sit down with myself and say, you know what, you've got to make these changes because you're a single mm-hmm. mom. You have a lot of responsibility. And let's just do it 
like you said, slow and steady wins the race because I was so stressed out at that time. I couldn't imagine living the way I do now. <laughs> but right, right, because you were, I remember. Yeah. Oh, do you remember my Diet Coke and hamburger thing? Like, yes. <laughs> seriously, every time I'd get stressed out about my divorce, the finances, my company, my kids, you know, they were so tiny and I would go and get a hamburger and Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. And you're like, and it was comforting. So, but you helped me because we went from like four to two. And when I remember hitting like, oh, I only had it fast food twice this week. You know, <laughs> Dr. Laurie, isn't that good? And that's exactly the way to do it and the way to get off sugar. I was addicted to sugar um, when I was going through college, when I was young. And I knew it wasn't good for me. I knew that I kept wanting sugar in my diet every day. And I didn't want to be chained to anything like that. So I uh, did some research and uh, got myself off sugar. And I haven't had, you know, I've had it since, but, um, but not every day, like I was doing, right. And I keep it out of my diet, because when you, you know, when you're in the health um, researching business, like I'm in, (laughs) (laughs) there are a lot of things you know you know that you you wish you didn't know (laughs) so you know I just don't I don't you know what I'll have it here and there but um you know not I just keep it out of my diet it's not a bit it's not it's not difficult at all once you get off sugar it is you don't even think about it rarely you know so um, if anyone's out there is afraid to get off sugar, don't be. Once you wean yourself off, like I did, um, you do a, just a gradual reduction. Say you, you're drinking soda, you just gradually reduce the amount of soda that you're drinking. Yeah. And yeah, and you can even replace them with sodas that are sweetened with stevia. Now there's one brand I remember telling you about Sandra called Zevia yep. with a Z-E-V-I-A. Yep. It's made with a, a special type of stevia, which is a no calorie natural sweetener. And this stevia balances your blood sugar. So as you're weaning yourself off, say stevia or any sugar, really, you can use this soda for, and I have no affiliation. I'm just, um, sure. I just like it, uh, that it it is really beneficial. I mean, it really helps fill in that gap. But ideally, if you don't need that, then I would say stay away from all forms of sweetener, even the, the healthy ones, because you're, you want to stop that, uh, the brain's reward of, you know, where's my sugar hit? You right. want to stop that. And once you do, once you intervene, uh, then you can go and have sweet things and it won't be a problem. Well, and you know, one of the things that, that you helped me make this decision with was I, I had my four o'clock Diet Coke, remember, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I decided to go to the gym instead because they had a 4.30 spin class. And, you know, when you're working out, you don't want to reach a sugary soda. You don't, you know, you, your body doesn't want that. You don't want that. You want to grab a big bottle of water and chug it down and, so I found replacing that habit, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. I, I didn't even want it. I didn't even taste it. It was just my routine. That's a, that's a really great point to bring out as well. A lot of people think that they're uh, addicted and they are in a way addicted to, uh, say, sugar. But a lot of times the things that we do are directly related to a habit we've created. And again, the brain, you know, it becomes second nature and the brain expects the dopamine hit of the sugar or the exercise or whatever. But uh, that's a really great point because, you know, people beat themselves up for a lot of things. And that's one thing that they don't need to be, you know, it's just, it's all about the types of habits and the swaps that we make uh, in our lives. Well, I still enjoy a glass of Diet Coke. Like, you know, if I go out with friends Mm because I don't drink, you know, I don't drink wine, I don't drink, you know, alcohol. So I'll Mm -hmm. have, like, that's my treat. Like, I'll have that, but I don't have that constant craving for it. And I realized, too, that there was also a little ritual in there, Dr. Lori, because 
I kind of would leave my desk. You know, I was in those days, I was programming a lot and, you know, working, you know, 10 hour days in a little dark room. So I would, I would walk around, I would get my Diet Coke and I would, you know, be kind of chilling and doing my thing. And it was this whole ritual break. And I, I read this thing online about the ritual of tea (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. So I went out and I bought myself a pretty teacup and a pretty tea plate. And I thought, what if I just swapped out that ritual? And I realized it wasn't so much centered around the soda as it was also the ritual. So I started switching for different teas and I still got a little bit of flavor and it wasn't great at first, but now I sit down and I bought this pretty teacup with a blue butterfly on it. And so I have one kind of spring, you know, one for summer and my winter Uh has a Christmas tree on it. And I realized it was a lot more about the ritual around kind of what I was doing. And it was like, even when my mom died and I miss her, I will crave some things that were a memory of her, a food memory. I mean, food is so crazy with our brains. Oh, it really is. Yeah, it really is. And that's a, you know, it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing, (laughs) depending upon how, you know, the types of foods we um, were, say, for example, you skin your knee, you were given a cookie, right? Um, But yeah, it's, it's, you know, when you, begin to understand that you become more mindful, which is what you did, your life changes. Yeah. And that's what my goal is for everybody. Um, for anyone listening, once you become more mindful and just make the smallest, tiny, the, just the tiniest step, you will see a huge difference in your life because it's, it becomes a snowball effect. You know, um, I know in my health journey, it's, I started out always interested in health and nutrition and um it you know it it was never just like optimal health i grew up on captain crunch and fruit loops and um and so it became a, a journey of education and small steps and getting through the low fat era (laughs) and uh you know just with the more as time goes on there's more and more research and we know better and so I implement all of the changes that occur but like so many of us if you're old enough to remember the low fat era it's still with us it does I and it's it's made so many people overweight fat sick and unhappy with themselves and it's mainly because it's you know all these foods were high in carbohydrates high in sugar refined carbohydrates i don't know if you remember the snack well cookies oh yeah uh, yeah those uh, you know entenmann's donuts fat free um but yeah so that research was based on faulty science mm-hmm. and so um we're now paying the price of it. People are, you know, having, they're coming, they are coming down with heart disease and diabetes and weight gain, poor brain health, all because of this era. And I thought it was a wonderful era. You know, I'm like, oh, really? You know, the low fat pasta, there isn't any fat in pasta. (laughs) (laughs) I was thrilled. (laughs) But as time goes on, more research comes out, truths come out, scientists have been paid a lot of money to um, cover up the truth. And so we, you know, that's, that's something that is undergoing a huge change transformation right now, is that scientists, researchers are having to be more transparent yeah, in good. what they put out there, which is fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I remember, you know, with the whole low fat thing, there was always this big argument in my household because I come from a German-Polish family, you know, first Mm -hmm. generation Germans and Poles. And so um, their diet was so different than the standard American diet or the food that was served at school. And, you know, I remember, you know, we ate a lot of root vegetables. We ate a lot of, you know, meat. And I remember my relatives eating like the fat, like they're like, yeah, you need a little bit of fat. Oh, you need, you know, and not, not, you know, huge amounts of animal fat, but, um, they all lived really long. <laughs> they, oh, wow. Like, yeah. Maybe 
96, 93, 89. And, you know, my uncle Cecil was watching wow. at 81. And I kept looking, you know, because I would always watch since we were different, you know, since we were kind of an immigrant family, mm-hmm. I would look at what we would eat. And then I'd look at what the other people would eat. And I don't know, it just never made a whole lot of sense. And they ate mostly, you know, meat and vegetables and um, a lot of stews, a lot of um, garlic and onion and um, beets. I mean, just, I remember everything. All good for your gut. Good (laughs) for your gut. Yeah. I mean, right. Exactly. Yes. That's fantastic. It, you know, a lot of uh, people mistake fat for being that white jiggly stuff we see on our bodies, right? Right. And that if they eat fat, they're going to get fat. And that's not the case at all. It's the quality of the food that matters most. And we now know uh, that saturated fat is healthy for us, okay? Um, we have, unless you have a genetic disorder, uh, familial genetic disorder for cholesterol, which would put you in the 10, 10% of the population. Um, saturated fat is, is okay. Cholesterol, adding more cholesterol to your diet, say in the form of um, meats or eggs, okay. egg yolks, um, is fine. It's very healthy. In fact, egg is one of the healthiest foods in the world. And so the American Heart Association has really um, done a disservice to so many people. They're keep, they kept them away from fat for so long. Saturated fat, which is so important for your hormones, your brain health, your nerve signaling. Every, there's so many things that, um, that fat is, is, saturated fat is very important for. Cholesterol, the same thing. You need cholesterol in your diet. It's crucial. And so um, it's interesting, a lot of the research out there shows that those with the lowest uh, cholesterol profiles uh, end up in the emergency room with having a heart attack. Because So it's not necessarily that a high cholesterol um, level translates to heart disease. And now this may sound like crazy talk, but it isn't. This is the the latest and greatest of the research that's coming out now. So having said that, um, you know, I always tell people that, you know, you know, you need to know your genetic history. You need to know, you know, are you at risk for certain diseases? You know, make sure you know your cholesterol uh, before you go eating hordes of eggs. <laughs> but um, you know, it's interesting, our, you know, I took the 23andMe test, the DNA oh, test. Yeah, yeah and um, it, what's so funny about it is that there are certain diseases in there that they say um, you have to, you know, give them your permission to see, that you want to know the result. And so one of them was um, celiac disease. And I said, yes, I want to know the result. And it turns out that I have a marker for it, that I am, yeah, and I've never had a problem with it at all, right? But I don't eat grains. So, you know, maybe when I was a child, but I don't remember ever having any trouble with it. Um, But, uh, and then the other thing that came out, which is so interesting, is I have two markers, two genes for super uh, super obesity, the fat gene. And, um, but I'm not. And so it's interesting with the lifestyle choices that you make on a consistent basis, you can override the genetic expression, right? You can kind of turn them on and off. Yeah, it's like a light switch. So with the healthy foods that you eat, the healthy thoughts that you think, you know, the, the more positive you are, the more gratitude you have for even your cup of coffee in the morning, right? Um, sets you up, your brain up, the cells in your body up to, re- they respond positively too. So it's not woo-woo science. It's, it's, they show, there is research out there showing that gratitude actually boosts your health and um yeah and so there you know there are things that we can do every day to up level our health and 
um, that's why, you know, I think these gene tests are excellent because they show you exactly where you're susceptible and what you can do about it. So, you know, another one was I was um, at risk for um, a lack of phosphatidylcholine in my diet. It's not, it's not uh, metabolized properly. So now I take phosphatidylcholine, right? <laughs> So, you know, know it's is, really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, it's from the sunflower seed, oh. lecithin. But, um, yeah. So, it's, you know, there are things that we can do. And one of my main focuses is to reduce inflammation in our diet. And that's because low-level inflammation is the core underlying cause of most illness, disease, faster aging, and weight gain. And so um, if we choose in my book, How to Fight Fat Flammation, mm-hmm. uh, takes you through a three-week plan that does that. It reverses inflammation in the body, particularly focusing on the foods in the diet, fat cell inflammation. It targets those fat cells. And when our fat cells are inflamed, it emits a low, they, our fat cells emit a low level of inflammation, which uh, eventually slows the metabolism down. So the the goal is to ideally optimize your health and uh, lose weight. And so when you eat the right foods, you can do that. And the best part about it is you begin to kick sugar to the curb and you lose weight and you have all this energy. And uh, that is what I want for people. I want people, you know, to get rid of the excess inflammation in their body. Now, we, ne- we do need some inflammation, very important component, you know, of even silent, low-level inflammation. But, um, you know, but the majority of people in our country have high inflammation levels. Mm-hmm. We think you think about the people who are overweight and obese, that's almost 70% of our country. Wow. And those with diabetes is, you know, 90% is the, the estimation of our population has a combination of either prediabetes or diabetes type two. And, you know, you think about prediabetes is on the way to type two diabetes, full blown. So it's all about the choices that we make. And if we make choices that are anti-inflammatory, that um, reverse inflammation, you are absolutely good to go. You're flipping that genetic switch to optimal health. Well, that's what scared me, you know, with my mom's breast cancer. And I Mm -hmm. I was looking at all the, you know, corollaries between, you know, health issues and breast cancer. And, you know, when you start taking care of yourself and you start kind of watching what you eat, it's your choice whether to feel deprived or cared for. And that was something that I had to kind of switch in my head. You know, I would watch, you know, the other moms at at soccer, whatever, eating, whatever, Mm -hmm. And I had to think to myself, like, this is this little like battle in the mind that I had, which was, am I treating myself or am I hurting myself? And I kept thinking, wow, if I put this stuff in, I'm actually really hurting myself. And so when you make these little tiny, like little micro changes and you have these little micro decisions, I think you actually form a better relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. because you you are... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying like, you know, there's other ways to treat and care for yourself rather than through, you know, candy bars or snacks or chips. And, you know, there's so many other things that we can do. I just didn't know how to do that um, until I started making little like micro choices. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is really so important for people to understand is that, you know, I say every bite you take is, you know, really with every bite you take, you're either harming your health or you're up leveling your health, you're boosting your health. And it is true because if you're taking, say, a bite of broccoli, right, um, 
you're doing your body an incredible amount of good. You're adding glutathione to the body, which is the master antioxidant uh, that the body needs in order to thrive optimally. And uh, Or you could have a bite of, let's say, um, a candy bar. And what that's doing is you're essentially eating inflammation. It's refined sugar, right? It's refined. And it quickly bumps up the blood sugar. Then the blood sugar falls. And that's inflammation in action right there. And so um, the, everything becomes inflamed. And as I mentioned earlier, the cells are like, okay, you know, she's doing it again. <laughs> what do we do with the sugar? And... Um, and that's how it goes, you know, and then eventually if it's done consistently and the opposite could be true as well for health. Right. But if if this candy bar is eaten consistently through the years, then we have trouble and yeah. we have, you know, something called diabetes, type two diabetes. We have Alzheimer's potentially down the road. Um, you know, the there's something called glycation that is it's a you know, uh, it's really essentially caramelized food. If anyone knows what, uh, you know, the crispy brown potatoes on the stove are like, mm -hmm. you know, for, for, with breakfast, yeah. that's an example of caramelization. When sugars and proteins come together, they create that hard, sticky surface. Same thing happens when you ingest sugar. Literally, it's called the browning effect occurs in our body and this changes the nature and the function of the tissue not wow. just on the inside of the body but on the outside as well so if you want to avoid wrinkles and sagging skin um then sugars you know a good avoiding sugar is a good way to do it oh that's the one you like scared the like you know what out of me when i read that <laughs> in your book because i'm real fair and i have really paper <sighs> skin you know i've always had and i can i can wrinkle really easily and i'm like oh like don't worry those wrinkles i'm like there you go that's it all right i'm off the sugar yeah it's like you know what are we motivated most by right it's so oh, true it's like don't don't feed me sugar i know but you know it's like this is you know some people will give me a hard time like when i was losing the weight and it was more visible um now mm -hmm. it's much slower people are like oh well you're losing it too fast you're never going to keep it off and yeah you know all this stuff and i i kept like putting my fingers in my hair you know ears going la 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 right because you know, there isn't always a lot of support around you when you make changes, especially if you're kind of immediate culture and the immediate culture of the girls that I was hanging with. And they're really nice girls, Dr. Lori. I don't mean to disrespect them at all, but their culture was to get together and eat, get together and have a few drinks, get together. Everything was around food. Go to the movies, have some snacks, go to the park, bring some snacks. And, you know, I was watching all of us just get bigger and bigger. And, you know, when I started on my real serious health journey a year ago and got certified for spin and I started hanging with um, an additional group of ladies, all of a sudden it was like this Sophie's choice. And it wasn't real positive in the groups that I would say, hey, you know what, let's get together. Let's meet for a walk in the park. Like not sit and eat snacks in the park. Let's meet for a walk in the park. And mm -hmm. there was kind of a lot of pushback because there's so much social around our eating. Oh, I know. It's that is one of the hardest transitions is to not do that all the time. You know, how are you going to like see your friends because they're they're all eating wonderful delicious food in front of you while yeah. you're trying not you're trying to stay away from it. So, that's why sometimes it helps to have another group of friends yeah. um, when you're transitioning if you can. And I like what you did. You took charge and you decided that, you know, this is what I want to do. And I really, it sounds like you really know how to take good, protect yourself, take good care of yourself. Well, it took time, you know, cause I kept mm -hmm. sliding off the wagon. It was almost like, you know, maybe like an alcoholic or something. Cause you know, my, I would want to get together with my friends and I would find myself eating mindlessly. Like I was eating chips. I wasn't even tasting them cause they were just there. Mm -hmm. And you know, these were the things that I had to you know, maybe it wasn't the nicest friend thing, but Lori, there was like eight months where I really didn't see anybody because I couldn't, I couldn't keep myself under control. I couldn't keep myself under wraps. And so 
I stopped attending parties. I stopped, you know, attending certain things because I couldn't do it. Now I can, you know, now I can go into it. It doesn't matter what's on the table. I might have something. I might not. It's a choice, but it took me like a good eight months to kind of get that side of me under control. And part of that is, um, as I mentioned earlier, is the blood sugar issue, the dependency upon carbs, and or, or the constant influx of glucose, no matter really from what source. But um, once you get a handle on not having to eat three times a day and snack multiple times during the day, then you're good to go. Then you're on your way and you can resist those foods. And if you're doing, for example, the ketogenic diet or uh, intermittent fasting, it becomes even easier and it's, yeah. it's actually quicker. So, yeah, it's well, and the protein drinks, you know, the smoothies that you recommend in your book, I, I make those like if I'm going to a party and I know it's a, a kid's birthday party or an adult birthday party, I know there's going to be mm-hmm. lots of temptation there. I will have my smoothie before I go and then I'm filled up and I, I really, I don't want to, you know, so there's mm-hmm. like little preventative things that you can do too. Yeah. I mean, that's a great tip. That's what, you know, that, that is so important because that's where do we, where are we most vulnerable, right? When we're out in public and we have food just at our fingertips. (laughs) So if you can do anything you can to, to mitigate that, you know, you're good to go. You'll be fine. But it's going to one of those events hungry and unhappy, you know, with your, you know, without having any food in your tummy, then it becomes a problem. Then yeah. you feel bad about yourself later. Oh, the whole and thing, it just collapses. Yeah. The whole evening yeah. collapses. Yeah. Because the kids so, laugh at me. They call it, we call it pre-eating. They're like, oh, mom's got to pre-eat. Because I'm like, oh, we're going to go here. <laughs> like, if I know it's like a, the birthday party, you know, the things I love, I'm like, right. okay, I'm going to pre-eat. And they watch me make my shake and I drink my shake. Because you really don't want to overeat when you're already full. No, and that's true. And I have something called the three-bite rule where you, you know, the first bite is absolutely delicious. This can be with any food that's decadent or whatever you love. And so the first bite is delicious. The second bite is still really good, but not as good, right? And the third bite is definitely not as good as the first. Yeah. And there, there you've had it. You've had the taste of it. And for most people, now this doesn't work for all people, especially those that are addicted to sugar or whatever, um, or who can't stop eating. Um, this one probably won't work. But um, but once you get to the point where you don't need the sugar and you're good without eating, having to eat a lot, like for example, my husband and I will go out on the weekends and he always gets French fries, right? And I'll have I'll have a French fry, and that's it. That's all I need. Just yeah. as long as I can taste it, they smell so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. So, yeah, but so it is, that it's a mindset, really. It is a mindset, and you know, I I'm going to close with this one because I think it's kind of funny, but it 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 also makes a point. Um, when I started doing your program and really following a lot of the principles as a lifestyle. I realized how many little sneaky things came in from my childhood because I have two boys. I have my dad living with me and sometimes my brothers, but I have a NASA rocket scientist brother and a, a salesman brother. They like to come when they're in town. And when we were little, Dr. Lori, my mom would buy a treat. Like she would buy a package of Oreos for all us kids. And that was like a big deal. That did not happen. Every yeah. Day. And so it was like feeding time at the zoo. If my sister and I didn't get in there, <laughs> Like my brothers could eat the whole bag before, like in the blink of an eye, you know, and they're all big, big, you know, my son. <laughs> I remember my brothers too. Yeah. yeah. You didn't get in. And so no. when I would buy something, I would come home and be like, I had to get at it before my boys or my dad or my brothers would get at it. And it was so funny, Dr. Lori. And I realized, you know, there's these little snack bags. You can actually put some in a Ziploc bag, hide them in the back of the freezer and not feel you have to eat before you run out. And, you know, I have these three Oreos that have been in the back of my freezer for probably a year now. And, and what you're going to do is you're going to hang up and go get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and really fantastic, though. Like, that's it. I know I can have them. So, yeah. 
that reduces wanting them. How crazy is that? That is fantastic. I love that. I really do. But you know, the good news is that you know they're there, right? The the subconsciously you know that they're there, and um, but yet you your body is in such a better state of health that you don't uh, need them literally to bump up your blood sugar, right? And that's one of the things that. Um, once you get off sugar and, you know, if you're addicted to sugar right now, it's not your fault because the food manufacturers add sugar to almost every single package and processed food product out there. So, no, you know, it's in, it has 50 different names and many people have no idea that their whole wheat bread uh, is packed with sugar, two tablespoons of sugar. Their yogurts are packed with sugar as much as a candy Salad bar. dressing. Yeah. I mean, mayonnaise, uh, ketchup, the, the list goes on. So fear not. Um, once you become a sugar detective, you'll begin to immediately get it out of your life, right? Yeah. And you can just start by, you know, paying attention to the, um, the, the foods that you, you read the labels. And then you'll start to say, no, I don't want that product. I want one without sugar. And that's how you do it. That's how you begin. So how can people find your book? How can they find out more about you and your Facebook group and all those things? Sure. So um, I'm on, I have two books, Fire Up Your Fat Burn on Amazon. And my last book is called How to Fight Fat Flammation. And it's on Amazon as well. And I'm Dr. Lori Shemek on Facebook. And I'm on Twitter as Lori Shemek on Instagram as Lori Shemek. And with all of those, I put out healthy tips every day. And um, thank you. And my website is drlorishemek.com. So there's a lot of healthy info, lots and lots of years of healthy info on that site. (laughs) Well, there's so many good tips on there. You know, like so many things I've gotten from you over the years. You don't, for anybody listening today, you don't have to do this alone. Like that's the one thing that about what you do. Right. And that's the thing about, you know, with me, I, um, if you ever have a question, please feel free to email me or drop me a message on Facebook or Twitter, and I will happily respond to you. And that's what I do. And I just feel like everybody should be doing that if you're in service to others. And, you know, and if you are, hopefully you are, that people are benefiting from it. So that's, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, com. check out her book, Fat Flammation. You can find out more about her on Twitter, Facebook, social media under Lori Shemek. We'll be back again next week with another great show. Here's to your great health. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.